expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Today on Taiwan Talk, we're joined by photojournalist David Smith, who has lived and worked in Taiwan off and on since 1997. During his time here, he took photos for a number of local newspapers, among them the fledgling Apple Daily, earning awards for his work covering the 921 earthquake. His new book, Hello Taiwan, is a collection of his Taiwan photos, along with reflections on his experiences here. I recently spoke with him in studio. Here's our conversation. David Smith, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Good to be here. This book covers a lot of ground. It's uh, got photos from kind of your personal wanderings around Taiwan. So we've uh, got some familiar sites like traffic conditions, uh, some of the parks here. I, I think I even saw a Binglong girl in there somewhere. Uh, then there's also uh, photos from your, 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 your day job uh, as a photojournalist. So we've got political rallies, uh, some of disasters, and uh, more recently, the Sunflower Movement. But the first thing uh, somebody who picks up this book is going to notice is that it's it's in Chinese. Uh, so this is definitely for the local Taiwanese audience. Uh, and you say early on in the book that you're you're hoping that this will be a chance for uh, Taiwanese readers to kind of see their country through a foreigner's eyes. So uh, I'm kind of curious, why was that the book that you wanted to you wanted to do? I think uh, in some ways Taiwanese are a lot like Canadians. Um, they're influenced by a, a big neighbor across the strait or across the border in Canada, we're influenced a lot by the states uh, culturally and things. And as a result, maybe we're a little insecure, as I know Taiwanese are. And um, so it was just sort of my way of doing that and just showing how I see it. Right. And I I mean, this book isn't like a message book. You're not trying to say something in particular about Taiwan. It's it's more a series of little vignettes and little observations that you made over uh, the course of your time here. Why did you choose it to present it that way rather than coming away with one big conclusion? Well, I think that I covered so many different things, and uh, I do a lot of like street photography where I just look for pictures, and a lot of the time I wouldn't even get off my scooter, and um, just to show things. And the way I was sort of trained before in northern Canada, I worked for a paper, and I could never find pictures. It was in Fort McMurray. It was far north, and everyone worked in these plants I couldn't go to. So... I had to find the pictures. It's like 40 below half the year there. So um, I got really good at spotting a picture. So when I come to a place here that's like instead of, you know, five people per square mile, there's probably 5,000 or so. It's it's a lot easier to find pictures. So as a result, I think it was just – it was really rich and I just see things that maybe normal people wouldn't. I wouldn't say normal. I guess that I'm not normal, but anyway. <laughs> People with a different aesthetic sensibility. Thank you. <laughs> so one of the things that you talk about in the book is you talk about your experience covering uh, major events. Uh, in particular, you talk about the 921 earthquake. Uh, and uh, you say that it was really interesting for you to see how your Taiwanese colleagues were covering the event and how you noticed in some ways that was maybe a little bit different from how you were approaching that. Uh, What did you notice in particular? Well, I think that uh, they were in shock a lot of the time, and I can't really blame them because it was just so tragic and so shocking. What happened, it was unprecedented, and if it was my home, in my hometown, too, I would have a hard time doing it and covering it objectively and stuff. So it was maybe it was more I could more focus on it and be less emotionally affected, although uh, it did affect me a lot. So 
Can you can you remember? Was there any particular way where their photos maybe came out differently from the ones you were taking? I remember the one time when we were shooting pictures of these people being rescued at the Eastern Star Building, and um, some of them would just they just put their cameras down and 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 watch. And one time when there was these kids, this kid being rescued, they were um, using uh, construction cranes, buckets to take them out. They all just stopped shooting and just started yelling "Jio" and stuff, and it, it was really heartening to see that it was they had good hearts anyway sometimes the media gets betrayed as you know bloodthirsty a pack and we mm. see them but uh, it just showed that they had a lot of heart and feelings and mm. were hurting inside too so right and I, I you mentioned in the book that it definitely left a mark on you as well this oh yeah experience. sure and i just decided then kind of i couldn't go around and cover news like that all the time it just yeah. maybe because i was older too and you know i think it's if you're younger, you don't maybe feel as much or it doesn't affect you until later. So I don't know. It's just seeing hurt in people's eyes. You know, it's just uh, it's hard. One of the things that you mentioned in the book is that uh, over your the course of the time that you spent in Taiwan, uh, you didn't get too far with your Chinese studies. Um, it was uh, many of us have have similar experiences. I'm definitely not calling you out in any way. Um, but do you feel like that? Uh, that was any kind of an impediment to you as you were doing your work? Yeah, sure. Um, it was interesting, though, because when I was working as a news photographer, the, the Taiwanese, they're very, like, even if they were working for competing publications, they would tell me what was going to happen or something so I wouldn't miss it or something. And a couple of the times they say, one of them would say to me, Davey, you're so lucky. And I go, why? He goes, you don't understand because there'd be these politicians speaking and I would just sort of use it like elevator music, you know? So it was actually not as unpleasant as listening to someone you understood like a politician drone on. So, <laughs> But I think as a photojournalist, so I, I, it kind of hurt me because you have to be able to communicate with people more than, you know, just on the surface. But especially if you're going to go deeper instead of just visually, you know, if I wanted to do a story and find out the truth, I mean... I, sh- I probably should have learned more Chinese. <laughs> do you think that? Do you think that by being a foreigner, in some ways, it made you more innocuous and maybe a- allowed you to get into situations and with that with that camera lens that maybe you couldn't have otherwise? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, I would just you got to play dumb sometimes and just with Ting Bidon, <laughs> that works <laughs> everywhere. But yeah, you just um, in some ways, yeah, I think it did. In some ways, maybe it didn't, but yeah. Um, the thing is, if, if I was doing my street photography stuff, where I, I want to be, I don't want to influence the situation. I just want to capture what's happening. So what I would do is, I sometimes I'd stay on my bike and leave my helmet on because you know it's like when you're a big fat white guy, it's kind of hard to fit in. So and there's not really big bushes and stuff you can hide behind. So to try and be natural or maybe less threatening, I just sit on my scooter and. and shoot my pictures or use longer lenses you know I, I'm, it's not s- so much surreptitious as candid I want it to be candid it's just influenced less so you know the picture's more honest so um, among the places that you worked was uh, the Apple Daily uh, at the time it was a very new paper just starting out uh, and you had an opportunity to work with uh, some like very energetic hard, hard pushing uh, journalists uh, did you feel like your approach to photojournalism was uh, different from your colleagues when you got there? Did you did you feel like you were bringing anything different from your education than they were? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, they were a lot of them were most of them, if not all, were from like other local papers. So I had worked with them, and it, it was just sort of it was more um, 
teamwork thing though than than other publications I'd worked at. You know, they they really work together. You support other people. So if if I remember one situation where um it was during the SARS crisis and one guy he he always makes me remember this um friend named John and he was trying to shoot um with a long lens at the Sungshan Airport. I think it was some American citizens or something going back on a private jet and it was just so hot and so tired, so I took over from him for a while, and he just thanked me. He keeps thanking me to this day because uh, it was it was sort of a teamwork thing. He's he was it was so hot he was going to faint or something, but that's the way they operate there. So it was really interesting, but it was just fascinating to watch the whole thing. So yeah, you had a, a very specific education coming into photography. Do you feel like uh, in any way that kind of puts you on a in a different mentality from uh, your coworkers in Taiwan? Yeah, a lot of times. I mean. Um, they do things different here, and they do things different in Asia. It's like uh, what I was taught that if somebody's doing something or, say, um, you saw somebody doing something, and if you took a picture of it, great, you got it. If you missed it, too bad. You have to be ready next time. Whereas some people I know in, in Canada, too, in the States and, and a lot in Asia, they'll, they'll have them do it again, or they'll think of something ahead of time. And But um, you can't do that, and... I'm at the point where I can see photos, whether they're staged or not. I can, well, I can sort of look at them and you can tell, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but some colleagues I worked with, actually one, I worked with one, one fellow had a, had a English paper and he would, he set up pictures like he, he had a, a picture, uh, it was staged, but in the person staged in the picture was working as a photographer for the competing publication. <laughs> I was just like. This was wrong at so many levels. <laughs> it was just, how do you explain that? <laughs> After you worked at the Apple Daily, you went back to the U.S. and you 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 worked in uh, Kentucky. Um, do you feel like you took any of your experiences from Taiwan and working in Taiwan, working with Taiwanese photographers and journalists? Do you think that you took any of that experience with you? Sure. Yeah. Actually, the, the photographers here are very energetic. I mean, and they work so hard. They really have a hard work ethic. In North American stuff, we're really lazy, and I mean because it's it's such a great job. It's not really a job; it's fun. But here, people work. They work so many hours. I mean, long days till it gets done, and it's just physically demanding. Mm. It's it's a it's a lot more. I mean, yeah, they work. I think they work a lot harder, and I think we're kind of spoiled. Although with the industry, the way the news industry is now, there's less and less photographers working at papers. So. I guess I was lucky. I lived, uh, worked, lived. I'm still alive, but I worked during the golden age, sort of, <laughs> mm. so to speak. So the way that your book is formatted is a lot of the pages will have two pictures on them, and we're kind of putting together two pictures that are related in some way. It's not always like a message. Sometimes it's just sort of an aesthetic similarity that they have somewhere in there. Uh, and you have a word to teach us today. What is that word? Diptych. Diptych. Yeah. yeah, it's a Greek word, I think. And it it was from old religious pictures or iconic ones. And they were always together with the hinged, in a hinged format. And I guess that's what it means. Uh, and so that's how, the, that's how the book is formatted. You've put all those pictures together. I was wondering if you could walk us through and, and, and point out a couple of your favorite ones. Okay. Okay. Dude, this one's good. Though. So in this photo, I see that uh, on the top panel, we have... Uh, a photo next to a street, so we've got cars whizzing by, and up on a concrete wall, we have some uh, street art on the wall. Up there is painted a, a, a traffic cop. Below that, we have uh, this bridge that's extending off into the distance, and you can just see all of the scooters in the world just pouring down on this one lonely traffic cop who's right in the mix of it, uh, heading them all down. 
Uh, so uh, t- tell us a little bit about these photos. Okay, well, the the top one is is the, the painted-on traffic cop. I didn't know if they had budget cuts and they couldn't afford real place, but <laughs> I had actually seen him over the years, and they had painted him different, and he had a... They actually were, where his hat is, there's actually a real badge, so it's a little bit three-dimensional, but nobody really paid attention to him much, and... Um, I had gone back year after year just to see him, and uh, I went back and I thought, well, I'm going to get my picture with him for the book. I think it'd be pretty cool. So I went with one of my Taiwanese photographer friends. We went down and we looked for him, and he was gone, and they painted over him. I was like, oh, no, because I I called him Officer Friendly because he seemed like a nice guy. Anyway, never said much. I can see it. Strong (laughs) silent type. So we asked asked around in the neighborhood, and and no one seemed to know, and then there was like a little volunteer fire department station there and so we asked them and apparently someone called the Taipei City and said he was a ghost <laughs> so they painted over him <laughs> <laughs> so they were trying to get, get get out the bad spirits <laughs> I guess maybe they saw him move or something but it mm. was kind of kind of disappointing because he has like different striped vests and stuff on him I, I think if he was there now he'd have one of those little green vests yeah. like the rest of the police do so and it goes with the bottom picture and they're actually geographically very close together too so it's a choke point for um, people coming in into town to work. Um, there's actually, I, I the, think the, I saw a picture. This bridge, you mean? Yes. Um, yeah. There was um, somebody did their wedding pictures down there, which was, yeah, one of those really romantic <laughs> Taipei things. And um, so, yeah, it's quite a famous place actually, and you see people filming there all the time. And it's just, it's just massive humanity. And some, the odd time you'll see a cyclist, mm. and I'm just thinking you are either brave or insane. <laughs> All right, let's choose another one. Okay. Here's one that I read a little bit about in your book, uh, some interesting passages mm-hmm. about it. There's a spot near the Songshan Airport where you can actually uh, stand and, and, and be pretty close to the planes. In the book, you were saying that you called it the airport park? Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a, it's not really a park, but it's, people have been going for years and, and you talk to some Taipei residents, they went as kids and stuff and it's, it's free. They now have a, uh, they have a viewing area at Songshan Airport, which actually I'm kind of happy about because it makes this place less popular at the end of the runway. I, I'd always go there and relax. It was just, it's just a wonderful place because they come, the planes come so close, dangerously close. And over the years, it's changed. There has been restaurants. There's been um, parking lots. There was a car parking lot, which I think broke every safety <laughs> law. But and there was when I first went there. I remember um, a friend of mine, Will, a Taiwanese, took me there the first time. They had a sausage vendor, and we're just like, yeah, any 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 time there's a crowd, there's got to be a sausage vendor. And we were joking that the smoke from the sausage vendor, that planes could probably tell the wind velocity. They probably wouldn't need radar or anything. They could just. <laughs> guide their way in by that and it's almost a service <laughs> so i have the one picture it's kind of a silhouette of the plane coming and the sausage vendor and just lots of people it's changed over the years too and it's it's not the nicest area and in the bottom picture it was when they had a restaurant they had like these containers hollowed out one was a dining room sort of and one was a kitchen and they had a karaoke and a bus and they had these big um wire cable spools and they used those for tables and it's a little girl holding her ears when a when a plane comes by and it's just shows how close it is and how loud it is it's just a wonderful place i just i don't know it's probably my favorite place in taipei and uh do one more maybe we maybe we could talk about the award-winning one that's uh that'd be that one all right Mm -hmm. 
The, the picture that you actually uh, won the award for when you were covering the 921 earthquake is is in your book, and we're looking at it right now. Can you tell us a little bit about this photo? Um, I was standing on a, an adjacent building with some other photographers and um, looking down at the collapsed building, and they were rescuing people, and they were using buckets with cranes that usually they um, transported uh, construction materials. And um, there was a couple firemen, and they had a woman... They would come swinging around by the building we were. They would bring. They were bringing kids or this or that, and I just kept shooting it and shooting it. And I'm. I'm never. I had some good pictures already. I mean, amazing pictures. But I'm never satisfied, especially if I'm there and something's happening. It's just my, my ethic. And so they had this one woman, and she was on there, and she was in, in a lot of pain. And they sort of came swinging by us. And when I try to take a picture, I, um, I try to make layers, and I try to make instead of one thing, uh, I put things in the background. So the one fireman has his coat over her, holding her to keep her warm, and they're both holding on to her, and it's swinging around. And in the background on the ground, there's a fireman who. He's actually holding on to his back. He looks tired. There's smoke. There's a ladder. There's a broken building. I didn't know he was the fireman in the background was doing that, but I knew there was someone back there. It was like a really split-second thing that shooting it. But what got it for me, and the picture was when, when her arm went up, her elbow, and she just held on to her head. And it was actually, it took my breath away when I took it, and that's never happened before. And it was like... <gasps> And um, I just knew it was a really strong picture, and it was on film, so I didn't know if it was in focus or whatever because I was manually focusing it, I think. And um, and I followed her a little bit. I had a couple, like, frames after that, but uh, and that was a really strong picture, and I knew that. And that's that's the one that won the award, I think, because of several elements in it. And, and in the Taiwan earthquake was one of the world's top news stories that year, so that's probably another reason why. Yeah, and I think uh, you, you you have a couple of photos of the nine to one earthquake in here, and I think that they all, I don't I don't know if this was your goal or not, but I, I think that they do kind of get at the humanity of the people involved. I mean, there there are a lot of just like the buildings and the rubble, but uh, I feel like central to most of the photos is the people and 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 kind of what they're going through. Yeah, I think that's really important. It's we're we're not there to cover the buildings; it's people. And just as a photojournalist, I always have to have when I take pictures. Well, ninety percent of the time, I want I want people in it and. Um, but yeah, I tried to show that and it's very hard to cover too. You don't want to seem like a vulture or anything. And, and sometimes, you know, for a while there, I was, I was really excited when I saw my photos. I was kind of happy because I had these great photos, you know, portfolio photos. And then so one photographer said to me, yeah, I'm not very happy. He says a lot of people died today. I said, yeah, that was a good, good point. It, it, it hit home and, uh. Brings you back down to earth. Exactly. And it's like, hey, they're suffering. And it's just, I approach it that way. You have to be a, pe- a person first, you know. It's, if somebody was drowning, you've got to save them before you get the picture. Right. It's like, you know, right. it's an unwritten rule, but it's kind of. So after your time at the Apple Daily, uh, you went back to the U.S., you, you did some coverage there. Uh, and then you, uh, you were living in Laos uh, for a time. And uh, to complete your collection of photos here, you came back to Taiwan to complete that. Uh, and uh, just serendipitously, while you were back in Taiwan, that's when the Sunflower Movement was kicking off. So you kind of got embroiled in that to some extent. So uh, I- I'm curious, you-, you-, you actually managed to get into the Legislative UN um, and observe what was going on there uh, firsthand. You had been away from Taiwan for a little bit at this point. Did this feel like a whole new Taiwan? Was this a surprising thing to see? Or did this feel just like a continuation of stuff that you'd already seen in Taiwan? 
Well, at first I was a little cynical, and I thought, okay, another kind of protest, because they protest everything here, right? Mm. And um, But once I got inside and watched the kids and just saw what they were doing and how they're interacting and how they were doing everything, I thought it was just fascinating. It was new and fresh, and and the generation, you know, these, these kids, you don't think of them as radicals or anything, and yeah, it, was, it, was, it was really um, fascinating to watch and just to be part of it. For something like this, do you feel like this kind of an event is an opportunity for foreign media to show a side of Taiwan that maybe the rest of the world hasn't seen before? You know what the thing is about foreign media in Taiwan and working here for so long? It is so hard to sell stories from Taiwan. I mean, it's just a tough sell, you know? It's just like people don't know, and and you want them to know, but... um, it's off the radar, and yeah. they don't want to put the radar on. I don't know why. It's so, it's really hard to make a living as a photojournalist here and sell stuff from Taiwan. A lot of the photographers I know that are based here, they have to work outside of Taiwan and sell things or sell it as a generic Asian thing. You know, it's it's just uh, it's too bad because it's it's newsworthy, and and it's fascinating. But I think the sunflower. It was. It was pretty. Uh, the sunflower thing was. It was on the radar for a little bit, not too long, but it was refreshing. I guess the word I'm thinking of, refreshing to see. It was. So all of the photos that we talked about today are available in the book Hello Taiwan, uh, along with many, many more and many other fascinating stories. David Smith, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. Hello Taiwan is out now in Chinese. It's available in Taiwan bookstores and on books.com.tw. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. As always, we'd love to hear what you thought of today's program. You can leave a comment on our Facebook page or rate and review Taiwan Talk on iTunes. Also, make sure to check out the ICRT blog where we've posted some of David Smith's photos along with links to more of his work. That's it for today for ICRT. I'm Keith Manconi. <laughs>